Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Ringcast. Uh, my name is Andy Campbell. Uh, welcoming you back. I took a, a hiatus where uh, where Gate, where Puck and Hostel was running the show. He's still back on it. We got a great show tonight uh, where we will be uh, talking about uh, the trade deadline that ended at Monday, Monday afternoon. And the Hawks rolling that, the NHL's rolling that. We're going to do the Blackhawks. We're going to do the Kraken. We got a lot for you uh, this evening. Before we get going, a little shout out to our sponsor, PuckHockey.com. In all caps, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Use discount code the rink, also in all caps. You can see it. Everyone's showing their gear right now. Hey, 10% off. Use the discount code. Wow. Slayer till death. That's hundred dollars gets you a free t-shirt. Go ahead, spend a hundred bucks. You get a free t-shirt. You can get the Slayer one that uh Gate is showing right now. And well, his host hat. And the host hat. Yeah, I want that. That's the hat I want. Sean, I got the to- other one. I got the other one that's uh the eight plus one equals host. Uh, I- I do not have that one. I only have the rink at. So with me tonight is Eric Andrews. Hello, Eric. Hello, hello. How are you? Ray Nepientek. Welcome back. Good to see you, buddy. How's it going? Good. Good to be Good. seen. Awesome. You ready, Ray? Ray? Drunk enough? Yeah, feeling no pain, Jimmy. <laughs> Sound bites. Here they come. Regular yeah. suspect, the Bard. Hey, Bardo. How are you, buddy? What's happening? What's, What's going, going on? on? We've got Sean Fitzgerald wearing a hat that is getting sawed off by the fan as we speak. And that hat is, what do we got, Shawnee? It is Star Wars A New Hope, the 40th anniversary edition, because I have new hope after the trade deadline. Ah, that's smart. <laughs> that's smart. And then we've got Jeff Osborne, the gatekeeper, co-founder of the ring. It's Mr. Osborne. Mr. I'm good. Osborne. I am good. Welcome Glad to back. be back. Awesome. We had, we had so much fun last time that we had to do the combination uh, podcast again this this week. So Yeah, we like it. That's good. Well, we got tons to talk about tonight. First of all, Kyle Davidson, general manager, new GM Kyle Davidson, committing to the rebuild. First move was to trade Brandon Hagel, fan favorite, 23-year-old Brandon Hagel, 20-plus goal scorer this year, Brandon Hagel, cost-controlled Brandon Hagel. Two more years. Hey, Cap. How's it going? Yeah. Hi, Cartman. At uh, 1.5, 1.5 million over the next two years. A lot of Blackhawks fans are very, very sad about this move. Oh. But, but we're going to break that down. In return for Brandon Hagel, the Blackhawks get a first round pick in 2023, a first round pick in 2024. Our man Boris Kachuk, which we just talked about is pronounced Kachuk, but spelled K-A-T-C-H-O-U-K, not like Keith Kachuk or his sons in the NHL, and Taylor Radish, Uri Otter's legend Taylor Radish, to team him back up with uh, some of his uh, his former buddies, uh, Dabrinkin and Strom. So the Blackhawks also gave up a 2023 fourth-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick. Or no, I'm sorry, 2022 fourth-round pick. And 2024 fourth round pick. At any rate, a lot of people found fault with this trade somehow, somewhere, even though if you followed any of these podcasts, you would know that we talked about Brandon Hagel as being the biggest chip to play in the trade market. I want to hear from Ray before I hear from anyone else. Great hockey mind, Ray Napiantic. Let's talk about the bagel trade. What did they do? What do you like about it? 
uh, they're going to stack the cupboard. They're going to have a couple guys that are going to take two, three years. Uh, they're going to be drafted in the first round, and it's going to take a little while for them to get ready. And uh, Hagel's ready. He's fine. He's going to be a good hockey player. He's going to have a nice career, skating 15 minutes a night, scoring a couple goals, a dozen goals every year. But uh, he's stocking the cupboard. And then, you know, you think about what he could do maybe at the trade or, excuse me, at the um, – Summertime, uh, you know, come come free agency and, and see if we can make some more moves that you can stockpile. So for me, it's about stockpiling picks, um, yeah, whether you pick 16 or 32. Um, if you're good enough, you can find talent everywhere. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be early first round. Yeah, you'd, you'd love to come up with a, a Taves or a Kane or a early, but that's not going to happen, you know. So um, in order to build up, you need players, not just one player, which is Brandon Hagel, who's going to be fine. He's a good player, uh, but they need to keep stockpiling. Um picks and and that was fine with it now yes you've got to make those picks worth it you got to make sure mm-hmm. you develop those picks something that the hawks old organization wasn't very good uh, uh old management wasn't very good over the last six seven years so um you know those picks are going to be very important but to get two picks back and the two picks that you gave up for for seth um this year and last year which is coming back to just absolutely destroy you um they now have more first round picks where you can stack the you've got more that you're gonna have more than just one guy skating around. Yeah, I like it. Eric, yeah. Eric Andrews, I'm gonna go to you here because you know we there's a lot of people that are saying, or not a lot of people, but maybe you know, Al Samaglia, for example, is saying, well, all you're getting is a couple late first round picks, which are more Brandon Hagels anyway. So, you know, boo, you know, it's gotta find a problem with everything. But what are you feeling about this whole trade? You feeling pretty good about it, Eric? Oh, I think that's being extremely generous. I mean, late first-round picks are worthless, and the two guys they got don't even combine to score as many goals as Hagel. So it was just a terrible trade. I mean, <laughs> no, we have I mean, to put we have to put the the, yeah. the 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 streamer up there that says sarcasm alert, yeah, sarcasm alert, sarcasm yeah. detected. Yeah, I mean, as we've been saying for I don't even know how long. Um, the name of the game this weekend was asset maximization. And if you can honestly look somebody in the eye and say that that is not what this deal was, you clearly do not know a darn thing about hockey or about how to maximize assets. So, you know, like you guys were saying earlier, Brandon Hagel, you know, is, is a very good player. You know, he's a solid player. He will have a, a very successful career, I'm sure. Um, you know, but you got, you have to look at, look at it in the big context on a quality team. And again, we, we've been saying this on a quality team. He's a third line winger at best, maybe even a fourth line winger on a Stanley cup team that, you know, is probably going to chip in 12 to 15 goals a year, be playing probably no more than 15 minutes a night. And, you know, just kind of helping out, doing a little bit of everything. He's never going to be a go-to type of player. And, you know, was he even a true go-to player in Chicago? Honestly, no. He was still kind of a complimentary piece here. So, you know, with that context, the fact that you got four assets, you know, that are of varying degrees of quality, of course, you know, that's certainly a nice start, but then actually looking at what those assets are, um, you know, Boris Kachuk is, you know, he's a guy, you know, he probably won't be a, right. a huge contributor, but I mean, he's a guy that can play NHL minutes for sure. 
Um, you know, even if it's just four fine minutes, that's fine. Um, you know, he's, he's will the, he be as good? I just want to ask: Will he be as good as future building block uh, Sam Lafferty? No, I'm so glad people are tweeting that Sam is <laughs> part of the core. Movie. Absolutely. Yeah, Sorry to interrupt absolutely. you, Eric, but I had no, to. I had, I had to throw that in there. Speaking no. of Sam, yeah, what's Michael Nylander up to these days? Not Michael Nylander, the other Nylander, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> At least they got something. Continue on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're, no, you're good. Um, but I mean, you know, he's a guy. He'll probably be around for you know a while, and that, and that's fine. But he's you know the least of the four assets for sure. Then you move to Taylor Radish, you know, a guy that we've already seen can kind of do, you know, a little bit of everything, you know, has has some scoring touch to his game for sure. I mean, we already knew that, but, um, you know, seeing that kind of right away is is nice. Um, you know, is he going to light the world on fire? No. Is he going to put up the numbers he did alongside Debrinket and Strom when they were 18 years old? No, that's fine. Um, you know, if he's a, a middle six guy for you for – the foreseeable future fine um you know and, and that's kind of what hegel was hegel yep. and and uh radish are different styles of players and that you know that's fine um you know but at least those are guys that can play minutes for you through the rebuild and and that's great but still those two players were not the focal point of the trade the trade was about getting those first round picks now yes they're not going to be lottery picks they're not going to be top 10 picks it's still a first round pick and you can get some very good value with those picks if you draft and develop well, which yeah. Ray made note of. I mean, you have to hit on those picks, but still the fact that you have those is certainly better than not having them. So yeah, I mean, even if you get two Ryan Hartman's with those picks, that's a win. Yeah. Not I mean, I don't, we're talking about, I, you know, we're talking about getting first round picks from contenders. They're going to be late no matter who it's to. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to do it. I mean, I don't, we were, we were BS a few weeks ago when we were talking about them not saying yes to a Hagel trade for a first round pick and a prospect. <laughs> Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And now look at this, Bardo, are we missing anything in this? Should, should Chicago fans be criminally well, disappointed? I, th- I think I'm going to look at it from the standpoint of the, of the NHL draft. I mean, the first round picks are yeah. flat out, you know, gold and their assets um, but the way you have to look at it, looking at it is just, okay, it's a late first round pick and you're not going to get great talent is looking at it, you know, completely foolishly looking at it in a vacuum. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, I mean, these assets can be flipped to move up. I mean, if right. a player drops yeah. and starts to drop to like 15, 17, and he's a guy that you like, you move up and, and you use one of these picks to go get him. Um, you know, you also have to understand there's no guarantees, even if you're in the top five, because we saw that. You know, Kirby Doc went went number three. We're still waiting to see what he is. Yet everybody laughed at Steve Eiserman when he took Moritz Sider, and everyone called that a reach. And look at him; he's becoming you know a budding superstar. So, quite frankly, it's all about you know your GMs and and your scouting teams' eye for talent and your ability to develop talent. So, to me, that's going to be more important or as important as getting these draft picks. Well, it's kind of what you do and how you do it. And I'll give it to Davidson too. I mean, good. Get that first round pick pick in yeah. next year's draft, not this year's one. Get it in next year's. That twenty twenty three draft is stacked. Yeah, and the other so. thing also that I'll that I'll add on to that is you know twenty twenty four is a long time away, and the Lightning are going to be two years older. 
you know, especially yeah. guys like Stamkos. We don't know how they're going to be that year. We're assuming that they're right. going to be contenders. And odds are, I mean, betting, you know, you're, you're probably going to say, yeah, they'll probably still be hanging around the playoffs, but maybe they just get all hurt and, and you know, there's a, a bad year. And all of a sudden that becomes um, a, lottery, a lottery pick. You just don't know. So right now, I mean, you know, they're not going to be good anytime soon. You got to get these assets when you can, especially when you're flipping a guy who, by the way, who we're saying, as Eric said, who is a third line player on a good team. Yeah. What did he play opening night in Tampa Bay? The third line. Yeah. Uh, Sh- Shawnee, are we, uh, are we missing anything here with Hags? He's, he's shooting 23% this season or something like that. You know, and so yeah. is he going to – all these – there are so many other – you know, writers out there, bloggers out there, opinions on Twitter saying this is a guy you build around. Oh, well, I just, well, it, which sounds like absolute lunacy to me. And so, is he worth those pen clicks? I'm sorry, draft picks. Yes. Nobody cares. Oh. Uh, Nobody cares. Wow, I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I don't understand what the Chicago Blackhawks fan base's obsession with former six round picks are. At first, it was yeah. it was Dylan Sakura. Now it's Brandon Hagel. I don't understand it. Brandon Hagel was a sixth-round pick from the Buffalo Sabres. He didn't even sign. The Blackhawks got him as a free agent of the WHL. Like, also, Brandon Hagel has only scored 20 goals in his professional career of one time. That's this season. He didn't score 20 goals in the AHL. He didn't. He, he hasn't scored 20 goals in his two AHL seasons. The 23% tends for me to lean towards this as an aberration. Like, he's not a 20-goal scorer. He's not going to be a perennial 20-goal scorer. And the people it leans, who are, it, it, it more than leans. It, okay. It's a fact that he's not going to be. Right. If he shot league average, if he shot league average, just like the rest of the league, yep. nothing special, he'd be back down to nine goals, which is what he had last year. Right. right. Also, people who are crapping on the, the two first-round picks, yes, they're going to be later picks, but if you have the right GM, you could hit on later first-round picks. People forget David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins was the 25th overall pick mm-hmm. in the first round. Like, I went on Twitter and listed off several other first-round picks. Jake Ottinger was the 26th overall pick. Henrik Yukihara was the 29th overall pick. Like, yeah. guys, just because they're not in the top three or the top five doesn't mean they can't be NHL players, like Eric said. I don't understand why people think getting two first-round picks for a former sixth-round pick is a bad move at all. And when the Hawks are going to be good, Brandon Hagel's not going to cost $1.5 million. Brandon Hagel's probably going to get $3 million next year, maybe even more than that. That's the reason why Tampa Bay pounced on him now, because they knew they could fit him under their salary cap for the next two years. And they're in the win-now mode. So you weren't going to get back a top 10 pick. He's not going to Arizona or somebody like that because they don't need a player like that, nor do they want one because they probably can draft and develop one. Not yeah. maybe Arizona, but no, they, they need to move actually. Yeah. So, so, so I think the, <laughs> the irrational hate of this deal is just a ira- it, It's people who aren't at it's educate yourself. Like look at draft picks, look at, who's been drafted where, and it all depends on who's pulling the trigger. I've said that a couple times before. If Steve Eiserman got these picks, nobody would be pooing this at all. It's no. just we don't, we don't know what Kyle Davidson's going to do with these picks. And we have, unfortunately, we have fatigue with what um, Stan Bowman did. Stan yeah. Bowman drafted right. players 
didn't develop them and then shipped them out of town. So yeah. I know we're four days after this trade, but Gabe, give me a letter grade on this trade for, for KD, for Kyle Davidson. Um, I would say as of right it, now, it was, it wasn't a perfect trade, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it's definitely up there. I'm, I'm I would say like an, I would, I would personally give it an A, like an A minus. Yeah. I, it's in the it's A range right. for me. Yeah. I don't know. Ray, what do you think? A range trade? Uh, B plus is the first B thing plus? that comes out of my mind. You got to see what you do with the draft picks. It, I mean, yeah. look, just right now, I would have liked to have seen maybe somebody could come back and, and play big minutes right away with two yeah. first round draft picks. But uh, uh, that's just, it's an 89.4 and I'm not rounding up. Because yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> years and I'm not rounding yeah. up. Bardo, letter grade on this one. I would say A minus on the execution, incomplete on what um, what the oh, end yeah. result is. Because we just don't know. Yeah. The, uh, we're at the midterm here, not even at the midterm grade wise in our grade books mm-hmm. here. Eric, what do you say? A range. Yep, I would agree with what what Bard just said. Um, why it's not higher for me? I mean, kind of like what Ray said a little bit there, and also. Um, hearing about the the potential deal that they could have gotten done with the Maple Leafs if Kyle Dubas wasn't a moron, but um, mm. you know because you would have probably gotten at least one first round pick there, probably a second. Don't and, link that to don't link that to the media. I'll tell Kevin Weeks about it. Don't link that. To no, the media. That, was, that was a weird. That's his problem. So but um, yeah. you know, but the piece there that really intrigued me was Matthew Nyes because I think he'll be a pretty solid um, kind of all around forward. So. I think that would have been a really nice piece, almost kind of a guy that on his own might have been able to replace Hagel. So if you were then getting more assets on top of that, um, you know, and obviously that report was, you know, linking Flurry into that as well. So it's kind of hard to truly yeah. judge the value there. But yeah, I mean, looking at the deal that Davidson got done, um, just looking at the the value of the assets as it is today, um, you know, yeah, absolutely a, a home run of a deal. Um, as we've said, he has to now execute on those draft picks in right. order to actually right. live up to yep. that, you know, the quality of the return. But just yep. looking at the value of the assets today, it's it's definitely in the A range for sure. Yeah. And hey, Hawks fans, if you see Brandon Hagel lift the cup in June, you need to be okay with that. Fine. He wasn't lifting it here. No. No, he wasn't he wasn't going Not to do that attitude. <laughs> well, you know, a, uh, I would give him an A minus two, and because I said last podcast, first round, second round, and a prospect is what I wanted. So yeah. two first round picks, uh, that's an A minus for me. That's a that's a ninety point one. I mean, what what would we be saying about this trade if we learned of it in September, or October? We'd be doing backflips. We'd be freaking out. We'd be like, this is the yeah. best trade ever. So I mean, I don't, you know, I I went to the game in Boston. Um, you know, last week, two weeks ago, threw an absolute temper tantrum when they lost with 17 seconds uh, to go. But the guys that I was with, the Boston fans, were like, uh, "This Hagel guy, you gotta, you gotta max out. You got, they've got to trade him. They've got to get a haul for him." And um, sure enough, they did. So anyway, good first move by Kyle Davidson. I like it, and I also like how Kyle Davidson owned it, and he just came out and said, uh, "We told you we were going to do this, so don't, don't come at me. We said we were re- rebuilding." Um. So let's shift gears to Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury sent to the Wild for a conditional first-round pick, meaning that if the Wild make it to the Western Conference Finals and Marc-Andre Fleury is responsible for four wins en route to the Western Conference Finals, 
that's a first round pick. If not, it becomes the second round pick uh, at the Hawks disposal. So either way, you get a pretty decent draft pick out of that. Second round picks even go a long way. Let's go to Gate first. Gate, your thoughts on Mark Andre? First of all, his tenure here. What do you think of the trade? It sounds like this was the only option they had at the end of the day after the things fell through with Toronto. Your thoughts, your assessment. Yeah, I mean, they they did the best they could. And the best they could isn't so bad. Uh, he's a guy you got for free last year, right. uh, you know, to get him off the cap in, in Vegas. And uh, you got him for free. And you got some, you know, decent play out of him this year. And you got some PR and you sold some jerseys and you did all that stuff. And, you know, he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to resign here. I, any, anyone who started to float that. And then you see the, the stories afterwards where it says, you know, oh, well, we never even got that far. We never even really talked about that. Yeah. He was not going to sign here. Kyle Davidson knew no. he wasn't going to sign here. He was going to go somewhere else, wherever he wanted to go or retire. Uh, he, the only reason he, he played here this year is because he was forced to play here because he was contractually obligated to play here. And if he yep. wanted to continue to play hockey, he had to do it in Chicago. That's yep. just the facts mm-hmm. of everything that happened here. So for you, at the end of the day, to take this guy for, that you got for free, turn him around, and possibly get a first-round draft pick, and, and I should say, all of us on the panel, we should be big Minnesota Wild fans for the oh, rest yeah. of the season. We want to root for them to win and make it that far so that that, that ends up in the first round. So, yeah. uh, you know, they're recouping these these picks, like Ray said, that, you know, they lost in the Jones trade and stuff. Yeah, so, boy, I tell you, Kelly McCrimmon, GM of uh, <clears throat> Las Vegas, isn't looking so hot these days. No, well, he was, he was looking hot before. Uh, you know, and then lately it's really gotten a little bit hairy. They, they, yeah. they're getting a little in over their skis, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I, I do think they traded the wrong goalie. Uh, I mean, it, it worked out for Chicago, um, you know, but, and, and I obviously got that deal with Minnesota and that's great stuff. Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, I, you know, talk to me, Ray, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was lights out when he was here in Chicago. Could they have gotten any more than this? Or do you think that they got, you know, an, an adequate trade out of this. It sounds like there's a little bit of a game in chicken there with, with KD and with Bill Guerin trying to figure out. No one wanted to part with that first. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And when he came over, you know, when when, when he came over, uh, it, my first thought was fantastic. We're getting a first or second round pick back for the Seth or uh, uh, miscue. Um, and then I think they wanted to do right by Mark andre Fleury um, and yeah. not just you know, they wanted to stick to, you know, their word a little bit, but like, listen, Mark, we'll, we'll meet you halfway, you know, type of deal. And, and, you know, when Minnesota came around, Minnesota says, Hey, we'll give you a second. It gets far enough and, and wins enough games. We'll give you that first. And, and you're, you're recouping for it. So, I mean, right. Mark Andre Foley, the only reason he would have ever been on this roster would be to get a pick back. It wasn't to win the Stanley cup this year. It wasn't to sign a 38 year old next July. It was to get a, get a, Hey, we're going to let you – you got somewhere to play for half a season, and then you pick which Stanley Cup contender you want to go to, which is exactly what happened. And I think with the market, with kind of what they wanted to do with Flurry, you know, a couple, you know, stick to their word and stuff like that. We're not going to just dump you to dump you. Um, yeah. I think they got a, a decent haul back. Decent yeah, yeah. Back. I would agree. Bardo, you agree with that? I mean, do you think they got a decent amount back? And do you think that Mark andre Flurry can get – the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild actually did pretty well at the trade deadline. They picked up a lot of extra parts. Can Mark Andre Fleury? Can they get to the Western Conference Finals? Can we see gold at the end of the rainbow here? 
I think it depends on matchups, but certainly, you know, when you have Flurry and goal, it's it's um, it's certainly possible. And we know that they have a good system um, in front of him and they've got some offense and, and all that. So I, I think um, I think it's possible. But look, I mean, the worst case scenario, they don't make the playoffs and it's still a top 50 pick, which to me, I think is pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, look, I was going to say Kyle's Kyle's hands were tied a little bit because, you know, Flurry didn't have to. Um, wave is no trade clause number one and he was going to be very selective of where he wanted to go and so it's it's like he didn't really want to cross the border to go to canada so it's like where in the continental u.s is he going to um be able to go to that's a contender and really and then and also stay close by to his family that he moved to chicago and so minnesota is the closest place really is i mean there's no other options i mean the blues didn't need a goaltender so I mean, I, I think this was the best poss- possibility that uh, best result we could have gotten. Yep, I like it. Sean, can he get Minnesota? Can Minnesota get by? If they bump into the avalanche in the second round, first of all, your thoughts on the trade. Second of all, if they bump into the avalanche in the second round, are they just doomed? Is there any possibility? Well, as Ray Napientek always says, the avalanche will be out in the second round anyway. So if they run into the second, uh, avalanche in the second round, I think the wild will advance. Right. Um, I think the move helps just Minnesota. Sean, it, Sean, you just play the odds if you pick them to lose in the second round. <laughs> just play the odds. <laughs> so I like the deal. Um, he wasn't going to go anywhere else. He has a connection with Bill Guerin uh, from their days in Pittsburgh. Like everybody said, his family's close. And maybe he re-signs there in the offseason because then he doesn't have to move his family that far. He still has a connection with Bill Guerin. They moved out one of their other goaltenders so they could roll with him and Cam Talbot next year. So he still doesn't have to play a ton of minutes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then for the wild, I mean, Cam Talbot just won last night. I think this move also puts Cam Talbot on notice. Like, Hey, if you don't start playing better, like we're just going to ride flurry. Like this, this is a wake up call. Like we needed help. We addressed it. So either you play better or you're losing your job to flurry. You could lose your job next season to Flurry if he decides to stay. So I really like it. Um, getting a second round pick is is good value because now they'll have two second round picks this year, I believe. Yep, they have two second round picks. They have three third round picks, so they have a bunch of assets in the the first three rounds. And then if they want, if they really like a guy at the bottom of the first round, oh boy. I know there's nobody good at the bottom of the first round, but maybe they can package their two second rounders and a third rounder or something and sure. move up. Sure. Yeah. And there's so, still going to be, there's, there's going to be draft moves too. I mean, they're, the Hawks aren't uh, done moving players. No, they can still they're, trade the rights. Like Dominique Kublik did get moved, but you could still move him before the, the draft to trade his rights. You can also tr- move, yeah. I think, pending UFAs before their contract expires. Right. I remember Alex Goligowski, who plays for the, Minnesota Wild was when he was with Dallas, he was traded to Phoenix or Arizona, whatever they're called, before um, his contract expired. So they had the first like uh, crack at him and stuff like that. So I should maybe I should call Phoenix the University of Phoenix, uh, Arizona Coyotes. Not bad. Not bad. I like it. All right. We're going to pause on Flurry. Good thoughts on Flurry. Eric, we're going to start with you next, unless you got something to add on Marc Andre real quick before we do a lightning round of who the Hawks should have traded. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 
I haven't shared my flurry thoughts yet, but um, first quick ode to the flower, have my 500 win shirt on. So Very yeah, nice. I mean, I'll, I'll miss him. Um, he's always been one of my favorites, but yeah, I mean, as a lot of you guys said, they, the Hawks really had their hands tied. Um, it seemed like Minnesota was really the only fit and really the only place that he was kind of willing to go. So, um, you know, given that, I mean, Bill Guerin could have said, well, if you want to get anything for him, you'll get a fourth round pick or you're not getting anything. So take your pick. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that, that Kyle, you know, stuck to his guns and played hardball and, you know, potentially is still getting a first round pick out of it out of it that's great um you know realistically let's expect that it stays as the second round pick you know if they do come up against the avalanche sorry ray but odds are probably good that the abs will win out eventually in the second round um 21 years yeah yeah that's right yeah watch watch them get Watch the Wild get to the second round and Flurry have three of those wins. Or get to the <laughs> conference finals and Flurry has three of the wins and the other are Talbot, so it's still a second round pick. Yeah. So be- Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's expect that it's a second round pick, and that's fine. Again, you know, as you guys said, it's essentially a free asset. You got to enjoy Flurry, have quality goaltending for three quarters of the year. You're still getting essentially a free second round pick. So um, you know it they're entering a rebuild having those you know picks in the top few rounds is uh what you want so yeah i mean the fact that they were able to to get a decent pick for him um you know that's great especially given that their hands were were as tight as they were yep. and officially mark andre fleury is a blackhawks legend there you go <laughs> yeah they're gonna played for a few months they're gonna have his legacy night i'm sure next year you know, come out, he'll do the one lap or whatever it's called. One last you know, skate. One last skate, whatever. Him and Eric Samborski can do it together. Samborski, <laughs> awesome. Okay, so real real quick, Ryan Carpenter was also traded. I don't think we're going to belabor that point. Ryan Carpenter, great guy, won some good face-offs, fourth-line guy. He is off to the Calgary Flames. They didn't get enough for him, Andy. Uh, I don't know. I'm kidding. 2024, fifth-round pick, you know, who may turn out to be Ray LeBlanc or, if we're lucky, Everett Santapass. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll find out in the years to come on that one. So, quick lightning round before Gates going to get after the Kraken and all of their moves. The Kraken were awfully busy. They did a lot of great things. But real quick lightning round through the group here. Um, we're going to start with Bard on this one, even though I said, Eric, it was going to be you. But I want to start with Bard now. I changed my mind. Who would you have liked to see dealt at the deadline by the Blackhawks? Who did they not move and you were surprised that they didn't move? You guys, we can all have similar picks here. And who are some of the – and also you can throw in a few names of players that people thought should be traded where you're like, no, they're not going to be traded. Give me some stuff. My unrealistic one was Patrick Kane. I mean, I think they should have traded him four years ago, but, you know, the, the clock is ticking on that one. That probably looks like more of an offseason thing. But as far as the names that we heard, I was a little disappointed that Kubalik didn't get moved because yeah. I thought you could get something for him given that – you know, he does score goals and there's always seems to be a need for secondary scoring around the league. Yeah. Yeah. That was one I, I would have liked to see him move to. And I, I, I don't know. I thought the avalanche at one point were mentioned with Dominic Kubelik. Um, I don't know, but we also don't know like if Kyle Davidson was like, actually we could bring him back relatively cheap and the return just wasn't looking that great. I don't know how hot the market mm-hmm. was for him. 
And so that, that could be a realistic thing too. Gabe, what do you think? Was there anyone where you're like, why wasn't he traded? He should have been dealt with players you like to see on the go. Um, I mean, really, uh, the players that were dealt are guys that kind of, I kind of expected to be dealt. I thought Mark Andre Fleury was a must deal because you got him for yeah. free. You got to get something for him. And ironically enough, Brandon Hagel was a guy you got for free. You got to get something for him kind yep. of thing. And they got a lot for Brandon Hagel. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Carpenter too. I mean, it, th- that is just, you know, someone coming looking stiffing for Ryan Carpenter. I don't think, you know, there was a hot market for Ryan Carpenter. No. Um, you know, I, I'm not surprised about any of the, the other big names not going. They kind of made a big to do on it online about, uh, you know, whether any of those people uh, were, you know, like Seth Jones or, or Taves or King were going to be traded, but um, they were going to be traded at the trade deadline. Probably uh, that's kind of an all like Barrow said, it's, it's like an off season move. But the thing about that too, and is um, it opens up the market. You know, there's only so many teams at the deadline that are buying players like that. Yeah. You know, and when you get into the off season, you know, a Buffalo who was not a good team, who was not going to be buying at the trade deadline might want to then, you know, go out there and trade for a Patrick Kane and you get a high first draft pick out of it kind of thing. So we kind of, you don't want Taze and, and Kane and, you know, those big names probably to go at the deadline because, there, the market is so narrow, you know, yeah. and people right. will walk away because it'll just be like, well, we're a good team anyway. You're going to ask for, you want to have all this, you know, you want to get traded for all this stuff. We don't need a Patrick Kane. It would be nice to have him, but we don't need him. And right. they, and they walk, but you know, maybe Buffalo really wants him because he lived there, you know, and grew up there and yeah. you could get their, their early first round draft pick. And, you know, a couple of high draft picks, maybe possibly that they had uh, in the last couple of years, you know? Yeah, so. I think. With, yeah, I agree. Though I think with Kaner, you can't like make an impulse trade deadline decision on him without, you know. I mean that that might be a summertime move where he and KD sit down and they and he says, "Hey, Patrick, what do you want to do? Like, I'm very serious about rebuilding. Do you want to stick around? Do you want to move? Whatever." Um, but I, I agree with you. The guys that had to go, as you mentioned, Gabe, the two guys that they got for free, Flurry and Hagel, those had to happen. The the two the two players that you could get the biggest returns on without. Selling the farm. I thought that was a pretty good stuff. Uh, Ray, what say you? Is anyone you were saying, oh, I kind of wish he was moved? I thought Kubalik was was going to be moved. I didn't think there'd be a huge Dahan. I, I know that was a name everybody wanted to throw out. He, he's injured. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't know what you what you would trade for him. I, you know, if I was another general manager, what am I giving up for Kelvin Dahan? You know, stuff Not like that. a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, and, and then it's, you know, do I have somebody already like him in my system that is healthy? So I just didn't see it. I thought Kubelik, I mean, Kane, Jones, um, you know, that's all going to be in the offseason, like Gates said. But um, I thought Kubelik was going to be on, on, on the go. Maybe uh, Augustafson for maybe an out-of-town stupid, um, you know, where maybe <laughs> you got a third or a fourth or something like that. But uh, They already did the out-of-town the out uh, you know, stupid, and he did the tour through about four awesome. different teams before he That's ended back crazy. up in Chicago. Exactly. So, you know, I, I didn't really think that, that Kyle missed anything, except maybe Kubelik, where, you know, if somebody was looking for that third liner that could score, uh, right. maybe he got hot playing against the, you know, playing against the, you know, with a center that, you know, could get him the puck a little bit more. But, you know, for yeah, me, yeah. I, I don't think they really missed too much right now. It yeah. comes summertime, we're going to be having a different conversation with Kane, and, and I give up Jones and keep 10% for a seventh rounder um, right. just to get that money back. But, 
you know, so right now, nothing really. You know, on the Dahan thing, real quickly, I, I think the the logic there is that um, a lot of teams wanted the Hawks to retain salary, and I think there's a limit to how many or how many salary slots you can retain. Yeah, it's so true. I, yeah, because they did retain on Mark Andre. Yeah, right. So they had one more, and I don't think they wanted to use that chip because they may need to use it over the summer. You know, yeah. someone like Kane and Taves. So it was actually a smart move to not make that, that move. Yeah, you know, unless That's... you were dump, completely dumping it, which no one was taking that, even the remainder of his cap hit. But yeah, well, that, they, and they yeah. and they're Sorry. also retaining Olimata's salary. Part of Olimata still. Yeah, they are. Yeah, okay. Still are. Jeez, that's brutal, Stan. Stan. Well, I mean, the the Mark Andre one that that opens up this summer when his contract. Expires, yeah, that is. so. Yeah. That ends. I so guess. The, yeah, I guess the only thing I, I think about, uh, you know, with with Dehan is he is a UFA this summer, so yeah. he might just walk out the door, and and that's fine. That's Good. fine. You could also bring him back for a million bucks too, just to like babysit some of the young kids. I mean, mentor certainly... some of the kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you're going to have to have people to, to ice. You're going to have to ice the lineup. This is going to be like the you know the early two thousands. You're going to have to get guys to come here to play hockey. To you know whether they're going to be bad or you know they're going to be bad, but you're going to have to have guys here that will play. You can't just throw a bunch of kids out there. You, you tried that already. That's not the way you want to go. You don't want this that that quote-unquote losing culture by just throwing a bunch of kids out there and letting them get their brains beat in every single night. Well, let me correct you. That's not what Stan wanted. That's what everybody else wanted. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Shawnee, um, anyone else you thought should have been traded? Maybe See, guys I, we didn't bring up. I think the two names that a lot of people bring up over Twitter, which drives me crazy, are Kirby Doc and Dylan Strom. And I have my own comments on that. But Sean, what what say you about some of the other some of the other cats that we haven't brought up yet? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe a Hendrick Borgstrom could have been moved. Um, that's about. I mean, that's about the only other name that I I thought maybe they could move on from. Um, unless somebody was looking for like a if Arizona was looking for like a Philip Kershaw type deal, if the Hawks didn't see enough for him, uh, I know Arizona traded their second round pick pick for the rights to Jack McBain. So they were clearly looking for assets. Um, but other than that, I think maybe I'm, I'm on a different opinion on DeHaan. I think maybe that Davidson overplayed his hand with DeHaan. I think he asked for too much. I think uh, he probably could have got rid of him for a fifth or sixth round pick. And he was holding out for a third or fourth is what my thought process on that. So I think he maybe just overplayed his hand with DeHaan. Strone, like we've said, like I know begrudgingly you've said a couple times, Andy, I don't think he was going to be moved just because you need NHL players. Dylan, um, Alex Brinkett likes playing with them. You need guys who can play. And he, he's going to, if he's your um, rebuild center for the next two two or three years, it's not the end of the world. No, that and I don't think that there's a market for Dylan Strome if you're a contender. I'm sorry. He's not get, a good enough skater to be a, a top six center, or right. a, you know, a, a one or a two on a cup contending team, and he's not good enough defensively to play in the back. So I, I, there's no market for Dylan Strome. All of you folks out there that are saying sell high on Strome, sell high on Strome, there's no one's asking about him. The same reason no one's asking about Kirby Doc. You know, some people are like, "Oh, throw you know, get what you can for Doc now." You know, before he really goes down south. There's not there was not a scout in the stands that is watching Kirby Doc looking for an upgrade going, get that guy. 
And why would you? I, I'm sorry, but why would you want to give up on the third overall pick? That's that's more Stan Bowman esque move if you're going to trade Doc. That's like when he traded Nick Schmaltz and stuff like that. Like Kirby Doc, you did him no favors. You didn't develop him right. Um, and you've got to figure out how to develop him going forward. And they didn't have a developmental plan for anyone. So I don't blame Kirby Doc for how poorly he's kind of transitioned lately. Yeah. I think it's on the organization. Yeah. And so same. trading, giving him up, I think you give up on him too early if yeah. you would have traded him. Are the same people screaming that you can't have bottom first round draft picks, the same one screaming you got to get rid of Doc because he was number three overall? Right. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. Are. yeah. They are exactly the same people. You You threw him in the lineup and said, here, here's an 18, 19-year-old kid who's not ready. He's done that. Coming off of wrist surgery. That Venn diagram, that fits perfectly. Got to have that number three overall pick. So in four years, we could get rid of him for a third rounder. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, is there anyone else? I mean, there are some people, you know, you heard some people thrown out on Twitter that Jake McCabe was being shopped at one point. Riley Stillman, maybe cheap labor that, that could have been traded somewhere. I don't know. Garbage. Anyone garbage. Else, anyone else we're leaving out on this winning roster that the Hawks have right now as Sean's internet just fell apart. The hamster fell asleep. Sorry. <laughs> Is that boring tonight? <laughs> Nobody cares, Sean. <laughs> Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. Sorry. In, in difference to all the other gerbils and and environment out there. If we're that boring, we're sorry. We're putting you to bed. Uh, Eric, anything else we're leaving out on these guys? No, I mean, hearing McCabe and Stillman, I mean, I I never thought there was a chance that those guys would move. Um, Touching on Strom and Doc, um, those aren't guys that you move at the deadline just because that's not the type of player that contending teams are looking for, like you guys were saying. I'm surprised that Dehan was not dealt um, regardless of what the return is. I mean, if it's getting up to be, you know, 230 Eastern and someone offers you a fifth round pick, you got to take it like you just do. Um, I'm sure there was probably a team out there that would have said, hey, you know, we could do worse than having Calvin Dehan as our sixth or seventh defenseman going into the playoffs for a fifth round pick. I mean, I, I just have a hard time believing that someone was not willing to give that. Um, I would agree with what Sean said that I think um, Kyle Davidson probably did overplay his hand a little bit there. Um, there that were reports. What's that? I said that was a good call. He may have. Yeah, because I think it sounded like like middle of last week, I think. I don't know if it was Laz and Powers did an article or something kind of previewing the deadline. And I want to say that they – had said that Davidson was asking for a second round pick for him, which, Hey, that's fine. If that's your initial asking price, but you also kind of have to be realistic with that, knowing what, you know, the context of, of who he is. And um, I think that some of those earlier returns for defensive defensemen also kind of hurt them in that regard, you know, that probably reinforced Davidson and saying, yeah, he's worth a second round pick. So I'm not going to move him unless I get my asking price, which we saw he had that mentality with Flurry. So, you know, I'm sure he had the same mentality there with Dehan as well. And, you know, that's, you know, if it works out to stick to your guns like that, great. But at some point, 
you know, as the, t- as the clock is ticking, you just got to say, well, I got to get something for him. Right. So even if that's only a fourth or a fifth or a sixth, that's better than when he walks away for nothing in July. Yeah. There's definitely something to say for that. I, yeah, I'm definitely feeling that catching your Frisbee on that comment. Now he will walk away at the end of the day. Um, all right. Well, good breakdown on the Hawks. We're going to get to some Blackhawk questions a little bit later. But before we do that, this is a Blackhawks Kraken rink cast. And what better guy to get us Kraken? <laughs> yeah, I try. Uh, then, then the gatekeeper right wah, now to wah. break down. I know, I know. I don't have the <laughs> I don't have the beauty sound bites that you do on my keyboard, and I used up all my ammo on the hamster thing. Um, <laughs> so, gate the Kraken were busy. And they did a lot of really great things is what it seems like as they're doing the same thing that the Blackhawks are trying to do. Stockpiling picks, stockpiling picks, build for the future. Young team. Rebuilding? Yeah, rebuilding already. How about that? <laughs> Half a year in and rebuilding. They're rebuilding I already? Um, I know. How could their fans stand for it? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, talk to us, Gate. Talk about yeah, their moves. What do they got? It's weird that like the two markets we cover – are like two teams that are like almost right next to each other in the standings. Yeah. Like right at the bottom. It's, yeah. it's rough, but <laughs> you know, people, they gave, I think, you know, people gave the Kraken uh, a little bit too much credit because of what happened in Vegas. And that was the most recent thing that they had seen. So they thought the Kraken were, but when you looked at the team that they drafted, I said, you know, at the best you get in as a wild card in the playoffs, but probably not a playoff team. And, and that's what they are. You know, look at where they're at right now. They're at the, pretty much at the bottom of the standings. They're going to be probably there or they're going to be in the, uh, you know, the draft lottery where they're going to get a chance to, you know, get a really good player, another really good player after getting Matty Beneers last year. So they went out there and it, it, the picture of how they, you know, put this team together <clears throat> is really coming into focus now. And it was a lot of, you know, what is Ron Francis doing out there? What is he doing? You know, why did he not draft this guy or why did he not draft that guy? And really what he did is he went out there and he picked a bunch of middle six players that that are on expiring deals and, um, you know, some younger players and, 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 and a couple of veterans just to kind of round it out. But he went and he got these players because he knew that at the trade deadline, he was going to flip these guys for a bunch of draft picks. And that's exactly what he did. He went out there and just filled up on draft picks. And because one thing that kind of gets forgotten about this is that like this organization is very thin with prospects. They don't, they have one draft's worth of prospects and that's it in this organization. And they're going to have the, they're going to have their own AHL team next year. And they're going to have an ECHL team probably. And um, they don't have the system that can fill those teams up just yet. So what they're going to need to do is start building through the draft, which like Ray, you know, shocking through the draft, right? Um, Start building through the draft. A lot of nice young players that can hopefully in two, three years be, you know, effective players in under cost cost control contracts. And, you know, maybe they don't develop or maybe you can't use them in the playoffs or something. Maybe you could flip them again, flip them out down. You just keep, you know, flipping it down the road until you are good enough to really compete. So it's like, you know, Kelly Arncroft for a couple of, uh, you know, three picks. Uh, Mark Giordano, it, it, it was one of the worst kept, kept secrets in the entire NHL that Mark Giordano was probably going to be traded. I think 
I heard someone when he was picked in the expansion draft saying, oh, that's guy, you know, they're going to probably send him right back to Calgary on the, at the trade yep, deadline. Pretty much. So, you know, wait, Jerry Lausanne. Wait, wait, wait a second, Kate. I know Seattle's like new to this hockey thing, but are you saying you're allowed to have a plan and like stick with it? And not lie to the fans about it? Yeah. Apparently. No, you, you got to go three years without doing something and then a change course after a year in that regard. Yeah. They, they, they kind of, I mean, Norm McIver was there. He should have told him how it was done. And now he's back. <laughs> Maybe that's what they wanted. They were like, hey, this Kraken team, they seem to be doing things all right. Why don't you come tell us what you guys were doing? <laughs> so they get two, yeah, he's like, two second like round picks for, two second round picks for Giordano, right? With uh, And they sent Blackwell, too, and retained half of Giordano's salary. And they got a 24 third round pick too. And you got a 24 third rounder too. So you happy with that return? I think that's pretty oh, yeah. good stuff. Actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was talk and there was some speculation that like Travis Dermott would come back and Peter Morazic would come back at a deal or something like that. Maybe it'd be like Giordano and uh, uh, Chris Dreger or something like that being yep. sent over there for, for those guys coming back to kind of make the money work and stuff. It's. I would rather have the draft picks. To be honest with you, do I want Peter Morazic? No. Uh, do you know? Am I fine with Chris Rieger and and nobody and wanted Phil? Peter Morazic and cleared waivers. It, well, yeah, exactly. But no, that's uh, you know, Grubauer. Uh, you know, I'm I'm okay with him. Uh, if he is a you know good team in front of him, he's you know the, as he showed with the Evs, he could do all right. But this year he just didn't. You know, they they got terrible goaltending. They may have be they may have been on the fringe of the playoffs if their goaltending was just around league average, that's all they really needed to do. But they're last in the league in save percent in five on five save percentage. And that's, you know, that's not going to win you anything. That's not yeah, going to get you into the playoffs ever. You don't, you don't do well in those yeah. situations. That's for you sure. know, low scoring teams can still make the playoffs if you have good goaltending, but it doesn't matter how, how many goals you think you can score. When you have bad goaltending, you're not going through the playoffs. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like, you know, the trading of Johansson smart. I mean, to the Capitals, you know, Johansson was a pretty good rental with the Bruins when they tried to make that cup run in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, they did all the right things. You know, I think, you know, Jeremy Lozon will play a pretty decent role with the Preds, you know, and you got to get a second round pick for him, too. So, you know, they. Yeah, they, and they, uh, he's garbage. He's, he's the. He's, the, oh, he's uh, brutal. He's brutal. He's the, right. He's the Riley Stillman of. Uh, of <laughs> Maybe they'll the actually crack. play Hayden Flurry now. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I thought I that mean, was they, a guy. I thought that was a guy who they may tra- they may trade because it seems like he's falling out of favor. But I guess he's going to get the Dylan Strom treatment. They're just going to keep him around and kick him around the rest of his career or something. Sounds good. Gives me someone to dislike. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and his brother Cal will just they'll keep him around too. Yeah. And building through that draft, Seattle in the twenty two and twenty three draft, or Chicago, I think has six, maybe five or six. First and second rounders, where you're gonna you, you, you pick and you go. These guys should be NHLers. Uh, yeah. And Seattle's got nine, and, and you know, I mean, that was That's part awesome. of their game plan. They stuck to it. Mm-hmm. They didn't stand up. And they're not going to stand up and say we're still trying to build it, and then sign Nick Letty to an eight-year deal um, come mm-hmm. come July. You know that that's not how you build. It, you know, so no. they've got nine draft picks in the next two years. They're going to be in the first and second round. Hawks mm-hmm. have six. That's how you're going to build build an organization. Yeah, uh, right for sure. And 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 the, the like, other thing too. I was going to say, um, and now Vegas is hurting. Vegas is hurting for depth, yeah. you know. So, yeah, yeah Vegas is really, yeah. Real. And, and, and like when they, when they built this team, it was like 
there were so many questions about, you know, there were players that they could have went out there. Like they could have literally had, you know, Carey Price. They could have had uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. They could have had these guys that were big names like, you know, Vegas did when they went out and got Flurry, these big names to drive the franchise. But they didn't do that. They didn't want to get stuck with these these terrible contracts and be, you know, underwater on bad contracts with a bad team. And, you know, you're getting yourself into cap trouble right out of the chute. So they, they, they resisted that they took their plan and now he's executing his plan and it's, and it's becoming a little more clear to everybody now. So that's, that's good to see. That's promising, you know, sign sign an old defenseman to eight years and grab a 37 year old goalie. The only way I know. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And trade away your first round pick. And you pick up a third, uh, uh, a third center from, uh, the Stanley Cup winning team with a neck issue. Yeah, for five million a hit. Yeah, it's great. neck and back. Let's yeah. let's not forget his back. He's around for f- two more years at five million. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. We're good. So good, good job. That, you know that good job by the Kraken, Ronnie Francis. Yeah. Way it's to, it's way not going to be. It's not going to be quick. But no. you know the fans seem to be still on board, and uh, they, they, you know they're being. Fairly understandable about it. You know, I think a lot of them wanted, you know, wanted to be able to go in there and have a team that wins so they could be the next Vegas Golden Knights. But uh, it was never really going to be that. Uh, and I just hope that they just hang in there and they just they're realistic about it. And uh, if they continue to be realistic about it in three or four years, when the Blackhawks are probably, you know, going to be reaching at least, you know, the apex of their uh, rebuild, hopefully, uh, so will the Kraken. But the Kraken will have done it, you know, right from the get go when Blackhawks are now trying to fix the things that, uh, you know, Stan Bowman just completely screwed up in the last five, six years uh, when, when all the gold stopped showing up in his pan when he was out there, uh, then, you know, and he really had to do his job and it showed, uh, you know, all the deficiencies that he had. I think Vegas is, I think Vegas is like two years away from being like really bad. Oh, you know what? This Eichel thing is not working out for them yet. Now I say yet because it still could, but well, I mean, to me, Jack Eichel is, is is a talented, skilled player, but he's he's James Harden. He's got an attitude problem. He's not a leader. No. I mean, he's a guy that you know he's going to put up points, but that's about it. No, I mean, where there where there's smoke, there's fire, and no one's ever accused Jack Eichel of being a great teammate. Exactly. I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go ahead and throw that out there. And they did. They did trade the wrong goalie, in my opinion. And um, you know, Chicago did not do well by Robin Leonard. But then the other Vegas goalie that came their way, they did well by and, and got a pretty nice return there. So let me bring this up, and, and this is a good time because you said the do good by flurry thing. And I mean, between the you know the do good by flurry thing and uh, the Calvin DeHod trade. To me, this smells of a huge PR thing, a PR thing. I, I, I think the, the DeHaan thing was kind of a media-driven market. Maybe, I don't, to me, I don't think a lot of people really wanted a Calvin DeHaan that much, but the, the market or, the, you know, the media kind of blew that up. Like, hey, Calvin DeHaan, take, your, take this Calvin DeHaan. He's really good or something like, you know what I mean? <clears throat> to, to to me, it stinks of the, the the market being driven by the media more than the actual teams and GMs. But the other thing too was is the flurry thing, the do good by flurry thing. The I, to me that stinks of a Danny Wirtz PR thing, 
We're going to do good by Marc-Andre Fleury. We're these nice guys. Alan Walsh is going to go out there and he's going to put a tweet out there that say we did really good and we were not bad guys and we're not going to put a you know a picture up on the internet with a knife in Mark Andre Fleury's back because the Blackhawks did good. They're good little boys. Pat him on the head kind of thing. I mean, call me a conspiracy theorist, but that's the kind of what you know these two things smell of to me. Well, they would have the Blackhawks whether they traded Mark Andre Fleury or or not. That would have been the PR announcement from the team was yeah oh he didn't want to go that's why we didn't trade him you know and then mm-hmm. you know the pr function is oh well we we moved him to minnesota because kids can stay in school one hour flight if he ever wants to come back and see everyone so they, they were going to spin I, I agree with you gate they were going to spin it as they're winning and they're doing right by him no matter what the outcome was well and they, they, they kind of have to do that now because they're going to stink and they're <laughs> going to need guys to come there they're going to need guys to come there that's what so, I, like I said earlier, they're going to need people to actually ice, put on the ice, you know? Right. And, so yeah. if you do right by flurry, maybe another guy towards the end of his career comes there and you do right. And you could do right by him. Then it's a, a destination spot for older free agents until like to play out the end of their careers and hang around the NHL and you could move them yeah. for draft picks. They, they, you know, they can eat. Yeah, they can even say they did right by Brandon Hagel if they want to. You think Brandon Hagel was really bummed out when he found out he got traded to the Lightning? Yeah, you know, right, whoa. exactly. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> was that yeah, the first the text he got? Oh, Sorry, said, go on the last podcast, I had said that the I thought the um, the whole handshake between the organization and Flurry that oh we're not going to trade you, we're going to honor you and keep you here. The rest. I thought that whole that whole spin was completely media driven, complete bullshit. And I think they put that out there just to kind of create a market, drive the price up a little bit. And look, you haven't even heard one thing about that since he's been traded. That that whole thing was total BS. Because now all of a sudden you trade him and now, the you know, what happens to that whole honor thing? That thing was such BS. It wasn't even funny. Yeah, probably a conversation that never happened. I don't think it ever did. Well, yeah, that was, that was like with the extension, everyone was like, oh, are they going to extend Marc-Andre Fleury? And after the fact, like Kyle Davidson's like, no, we never even got that far. We never even really considered it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what were we talking about for the past two months here? You know, what are Powers and Lands writing about with the extension and all that stuff? But one other thing that I kind of, an outlier thing, and I kind of want to throw it back at you guys a little bit. Do we have to start talking about Kyle Davidson really needs to deal with Jonathan Taves? and his reaction and the way he's been acting. I mean, I love Jonathan Taze. I really do. He's a great captain. He's going to, you know, he's all the accolades, all that stuff. But what is going on here with this, you know, Jonathan Taze has got to speak out on, I didn't like Brandon Hagel getting traded. Like, is he the GM? No, he's not. You're not the GM. And you might have one foot, you know, into retirement. Like they're going to have to figure something out with this. Well, so so for clarity, folks, Jonathan Taves came out and was interviewed about the Brandon Hagel trade. And he said, um, wow, you know what? Uh, you know, something to the effect of we really like him. And if he's going, man, any of us can go. Um, and so, you know, the direction of the team is in question, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, as to Gates' point, showed his displeasure with the trade, showed his displeasure when they fired Stan Bowman. Yep. And now is showing displeasure. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Now is showing displeasure with the new GM who's doing the right things, um, who's made it very public that we're rebuilding. And he's probably told Taves at some point we're rebuilding. He is definitely told everyone that they're rebuilding. So here's the yeah, cad- here's the cadence of what's going to happen. The cadence is going to be 
that they're going to have a conversation to clear the air. And basically the conversation that we're not going to hear is that we'll figure out your situation in the off season and then he'll be either retired or he'll get traded. You watch, that's what's going to happen. Who'd want him? Well, that's, that's the point. I don't know if anybody's going to want him or that's where the salary retention comes in, but you're right. Yeah. But I mean, what, what are you going to eat? 8 million of his salary? <laughs> I'm in agreement. I wouldn't yeah. want to touch him given all his injury history. And no, quite I frankly, mean, I, I think he's going to retire. Yeah. I mean, even no. though it was, it was two or three weeks ago where he, Jonathan Taves, came out and said, I'm fighting my body like crazy, but in my mind, I still haven't played the best hockey in my career yet. And you kind of read that and go, oh, no. Yeah. That sound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There's a lot of red flags here that, like, that are not getting brought up through in the media and stuff just yet. Like this is red flags. You got to deal with this. Yeah. It's got to be taken care of. You got to figure out what your situation is. Like as soon as the last game is played. Yeah. I mean, he essentially just said that my body can't take it anymore, but I still think that I'm awesome, which I don't really, Oh man. That's so did Alex cool. Nylander too. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he was awesome in his own mind. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's one. He's one that may end up just getting to the end of his contract and, and that's it. I mean, yeah, he could. Retire early. I mean, I, like you said, you send him somewhere, and I got to retain eighty percent of his salary, or, or you know, I'm, what am I getting back for him? You, I, I think you can only retain. You can't retain eighty percent of his salary. No, you can only retain fifty percent. Yeah, right. yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. What, what we're being sarcastic. I think you raised being a little bit facetious there. Exactly. Okay. I sometimes I don't know if Ray's being serious or not. No, I don't even know you were there. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I even I don't know if anyone would be be able to pay. Jonathan Taves. That's what I'm saying. Who five point seven five for one year at, at the style of play he is? Who's going to want that? Right, yeah. exactly. Only and a team it, that needs to get to the floor. And yeah. then and I get something in return if, if I'm retaining and and yeah. Well, and 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 the other thing too is he's got a no movement clause. It's his so, choice. <laughs> yeah, so you can't send him to like a shitty team that has to get to the uh you know the cap floor because he could, could he owns all the rights to where he can go to. Yeah, I, I think I think Taves will retire at the end of this season or at the I end of next so season when his contract is up as a black. And he'll bash everything on the way out of town, it seems like. That sounds like it. That's kind of the way that he's trending these days. It's I, disappointing because I you know, he was so respected, like you know, during the during the cup years, it seemed like we all you know respected the captain, the captain, the captain, the captain. And like in the last couple of years, it's like he's just gone bananas. Like he doesn't just he doesn't read the room, he doesn't like he doesn't understand like the, he must not understand the business of hockey, which is shocking to me because this is what has to happen. Right. This is where the team is. They stink. They need to rebuild. And whether you like it or not, that needs to happen. Otherwise you're going to be a last place team for the remainder of your career, which yeah. is what I mean, again, ended up happening. Why, why couldn't he just be like, yeah, it's a drag. Good luck to Hags, but we understand where we're at. And you know, that this exactly. is exactly, that's it. That's it. No, but yeah. We, we, we like my grand. But- we would like Mike Mark Andre Flory, but hey, we understand where you know he we want we want him to win. We you know we get some assets in return that can hopefully help us in the future. Yeah, there and there will be a, there will be a day in the not so distant future where we go down the Jonathan Taves nostalgia tour, where we all sit here and talk about what he meant to the club, and he has meant so much. But you know his comments recently, and like you said, Gate, I think you said it re- really well. Just reading the room, like uh, you should know that this is going to happen. Um, you know things like that, so. Before we part uh, for the night, we want to address, we got a, a question written in. One was by Stash. Hi, Stash. How are you, Chris? 
Chris when Demi will, out there, Stash. Yeah. Esquire Stash. on Twitter. When will Sean Goldstein run out of hats? I think the answer is never. Sean, do you want to comment that on that at all? Or um, do a real I question? think last count. So I have like two, two to two hundred and fifty at my house, and then I have two, probably like another hundred to two hundred in my parents' attic. Nobody cares. Sure. So, Nobody cares. Wait, did you, you said you have, you've got a hundred to two hundred in your parents' attic, and you've got two hundred fifty at your house. Okay, this, this is where yes, I have just got reassured. Um, <laughs> wow, two fifty. Okay, uh, so stop Steph, saying good, uh, Sean. You sound yeah, like an ass. Yeah, Chris. Chris <laughs> I don't think I've said good. Chris, the answer's uh, to to stash out there. The answer is no time soon. So expect no time soon. A plethora of amazing hats to be worn on a regular basis on the podcast, as is Sean's signature move. And that is also our preference as a group. So keep them coming. That guy needs to chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, to to Jackie Davis, uh, who wrote in a question and a very legitimate one, which we should just bat around for a little bit. She wrote, not really a question about the deadline, but just want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think Lanks, Kevin Lankinen, is ready to be a number one goalie, or do you think they look to acquire someone in the offseason? Eric, you've been awfully quiet. What's going on, buddy? What do you think of this? Um, I don't think Kevin Lankinen will ever be a number one goalie. So Facts. I think it depends kind of what they're wanting, kind of what direction in the crease they're wanting through the rebuild. If they just want, you know, a cheaper cost-controlled guy that can just play – Sure, have him as a tandem with, you know, Joe Schmo, veteran that you sign as a free agent for a buck and a half. But um, <laughs> Jeff Glass coming back. Jeez. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, he'll be a, a go to guy. Um, you know, obviously there isn't too much of a demand for him, and no one really views him as a a quality goalie because otherwise I'm sure they would have gotten some quality trade offers for him at the deadline. Yep. So, um, no, I mean, I, I would expect that they would go out and probably sign a veteran to, to run in tandem with him. Um, you know, I, I would think that they'll probably bring him back um, unless they would rather go with a veteran in tandem with Arvid Soderbloom. But to me, that doesn't, make much of a difference and I'd probably rather have Soder Bloom in Rockford anyway. So um yeah, he's not number one now, never will be. So just go out and get somebody that can play for the next few years and that's fine. I mean it's it's a rebuild, so it it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, weird question. Kind of a, a tandem on that. Does everyone kind of concur that Lanks is not a number one? Yeah, he's not a number one, but I think you do kind of what you did with Colin, but you make it right where, you know, if you're going to sign him to a two-year, two-click or two-and-a-half million, you know, two years for a million and a half each year where if you're going to be a backup, I'm going to bring in. There's a lot of unrestricted free agent goalies this summer. Yeah. Uh, You know, so that way, you know, you've got your goalie in Rockford who you don't want to rush. (laughs) And then, you know, you've got Lanky who could be here as a 2-1-B, whatever the heck you want to call him, for two seasons. And then you see where your guy in Rockford is. And then you got the younger kid, so that way you don't have to have to rush him. And then you've got your veteran for two years. Um, and, and that's People fine. will come, Ray. Your young kids are getting absolutely melted. 
giving up four and a half goals a game and everybody's questioning why they drafted him third overall instead of 25th. And then you're trying to trade him for a third round draft pick. So um, you do what you did with Delia, uh, but you do it correctly where he's actually playing in the NHL for a, for a small price. Goaltending yeah. should yeah, be the and they invest the least amount of money to 100%. Let the kids yeah, develop. Uh, just and, Michael and Layton, that. Craig Anderson of the early 2000s. Yeah. Hey, I am just like here that. for the Caledelia talk, people. This is where I leave. Give him a two-year, three million dollar deal. Actually, let him play thirty games a year. And then Honestly, sign your your thirty-five year old, thirty year old, whoever unrestricted free agent, or go save him out of money, or maybe a little bit more because he's a veteran and he's earned it through his his savviness. And you got your two goalies for six million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. No, I I agree. I agree with all that. I don't. I mean, I don't know who know who knows where Mark Andre Fleury is going to be playing next year. Sign him, bring him back. Trade him again for a first or second. Hey, yeah. we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by this. I said it before, and everyone poo-poo's all this because they even poo-pooed it on the trade. But I say he ends up back in Vegas on a low number deal. They Could love be. him there. He's a PR, you know, darling there. Yeah. Send him back to Vegas on a low number deal, or if he wants to retire, bring him back as a coach or an advisor. But I think he ends back. He ultimately ends up back in Vegas. I'll throw one other place out. If Tristan Jerry fumbles again in the postseason, he could end Ooh. up back in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Mark Andre. Hmm. Is Sean getting ready for bed? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I think he's sitting yeah, on a toilet. Right. Yeah, he's got his toothbrush yeah. in his there, mouth. There will be there will be an additional goaltender signed. Soderblom's not ready. Julia probably leaves town. Yeah, that's Drew, uh, yeah. One second, I, I do. I do want to address the deal because everyone, everyone is going to expect me to bring up the Calendelia stuff. Here we go. We haven't. We have not done a Calendelia pity party in some time. So now, <laughs> so now, what's going to happen is Calendelia is going to come in and he's going to be the number one goalie because Kevin Lankinen really isn't, but Calendelia really is. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, no, no sarcasm I just, on this, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to put. I have to like create a sarcasm light that, that goes on up at the top. <laughs> It'll always be on when I talk. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, I, I wonder. So, my, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 yeah. I was gonna say as far as the deal, you think I just I, I'm glad to see him get some playing time. Uh, I want to see him, you, you know, be able to showcase himself for uh, you know whatever for whatever team is out there looking, and that he moves on to another organization that gives him a chance to you know play. I, might end up a good backup someday, you know, in the NHL. I don't, I don't have, contrary to what, what everyone might believe, I don't have any delusions about his career. I think he could be a good backup on a team somewhere. He could end up in, you know, Arizona or something like that, uh, where, you know, he could just go out there and there's no pressure on him. He can go out there and play any, you know, uh, best of luck to him for the, you know, this last end of the season. I hope he killed completely kills it and walks away because, uh, you know, he, he's wasted a lot of time here in Chicago and uh, he was done no favors. So uh, I hope, you know, he could recover and, you know, at least have a nice solid career in the NHL to go for the future. Fair. Now, folks, are any of you thinking Drew Comesso is showing up next year to, to man the pipes in Chicago? You're, you're sorely mistaken. He's a very awesome. good, very good goalie prospect. More than likely, he doesn't even turn 20 until July. Good chance he'll go back to BU for his junior year. If you don't uh, trade Kane, Camesso has to be in net. <laughs> <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm. There will, there will definitely Kevin Lankinen. I, I agree. 
uh, re-sign him for, for a couple years, and then there will probably be someone else with him. Um, but he is not ready to carry the load. Uh, no, you don't want him to. No. JJ's I, guy in Columbus. No, I just – it you, you want to – Sean's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be – I right. am in the car. Sean. Nobody cares. Sean, Sean in the car, folks. Nobody yeah. cares. Sean got a call. He's turning himself in. I'm a, it's Sean on I-80. <laughs> you either turn yourself in or right come here, down. Right. It's looking at me. <laughs> well, I think he can hear you right now. <laughs> I looked at the trap, Ray. <laughs> what did you do, Ray? <laughs> anyway, um, any fellas, any parting shots on the Blackhawks or the Kraken before we uh, – before we say see you later and and ride off into the sunset here, I mean, right. I, I'm just gonna like we said, I just wrap it up a little bit. We like what the Blackhawks did. We like what the Kraken did. Like we're happy. We're not we're not always as negative as everyone thinks we are. Listen, no. this is what we've wanted for years. We wanted this to start three years ago, and it never happened. And they dragged it out and wasted three year three prime years of some really good hockey players. Because yep. of it. That's why we were mad. That's why we were angry. You know, it's, there's a reason to all this. It's not just, we want to hate the Blackhawks. Nobody wants to hate the Blackhawks. Uh, but when they're doing bad things and they're playing bad hockey and doing, making stupid moves, we're not going to be happy with that. And yep. we're not just going to go wrong with the corporate line of, you know, uh, Stan knows what he's doing because he won three cups. Well, apparently he didn't. So, you know, Good for good on them. Good on Kyle for making this first trade deadline. Yeah, you know what it should have been years ago, and that's fine. That's one step. Do I think you know? Do we know what Kyle's going to be? Do we know how good he's going to be? No, we don't. But this is a good start, and you got to start somewhere. And the same goes for the draft pick thing. The draft picks are what they are, and as long as they're not in the hands of Stan Bowman, they there's promise. Yeah. So. Maybe with all the clearing out of people that they did, uh, that you know they've built. You know they Mark Kelly got fired too for good reason. Yeah, because they didn't draft or develop anyone good. He wasn't so, doing it. But then they brought yeah. back Norm McIver. Well, yeah, that's another thing. I don't want to get into that. But no, <laughs> as far as you know, at least there's hope. There's hope. There's different people making these picks. There's a different GM and there's a different you know head of scouting kind of guy. So hopefully that means that they can turn this around and start making better picks. Yep. That's promise. That's it's, what you could do. Yeah, it's going to take some time, but they no longer seem like they're swimming upstream. <clears throat> this is good. This is progress. And Kyle mm-hmm. Davidson, great start. Great start. Root, rooting yeah. for you. And if you are a Seattle Kraken fan, an early fan, look into your season ticket holder packages now. While they're cheap, the team's going to be very good in two, three years. You will not regret that investment. Yeah, I take it from some people in Chicago, like when they were good, uh, look at the season ticket list, you know, the the waiting list to get on the season ticket. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, they they get scooped up and Seattle's a, a sports town. So, you know, once, the, when they're good, the, the fans are going to show up and they're going to want season tickets too. And you're going to be lucky you had them if, you know, you get nice ones, so. Awesome. Well, thank you, lads. Uh, good stuff tonight to our listeners out there thank you very much for tuning in Um, on behalf of Sean Fitzgerald now in his car the bard yep on the road again (laughs) (laughs) nobody cares Sean nobody cares content director Eric Andrews and the undeniable Ray uh, Napientek 
thank you, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Ray, keep your proton pack on. And we will uh, we'll catch you all at a later date. Thanks very much, folks.